Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project and I'm the host of this podcast. Swan Song Project is a charity based here in England and we help people living with terminal illnesses or dealing with bereavement to write and record their own original songs. We believe in celebrating lives, making memories and leaving legacies. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, you can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. Podcast features songwriters. Each episode, I have a different guest on. I ask them to share with me one of their songs. We have a conversation about how they wrote it. I ask them to share with me a songwriting tip. I also ask for them uh, to share a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. This episode features I, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with I. Thanks for joining me, I. Thank you, man. Good to good to be here, bro. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I've become a very big fan of you over the last uh, couple of months. So I'm really looking forward to just talking to you more. Um, for anyone who's new to these podcasts, this is the Swan Song Project podcast. Uh, each week I have a different songwriter on, and I ask them to share with us one of their songs. We have a chat about how they wrote it. I ask them to share with us a songwriting tip, and I also ask them for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. Um, so I'll hand it over to you now, I, and ask you to introduce your song for us, please. This is my song, it's called All Sweet Day. I've got a lot to learn, you've got a lot to give. We can go anywhere, build this broken bridge. You've got a heart of gold, I've got a mind that goes on and on and on to places we'll never know. But I just want to be with you when the day is done. Darkness comes when the old sweet day is done. I just want to be with you in the setting sun till the morning comes when the day is done. Oh, mm-hmm. when the old sweet day is done. If you gotta figure out. You won't let me down I want you to meet me there By the well we used to drink I will draw the water If you quench these thirsty lips Cause I just want to be with you When the day is done When the darkness comes When the old sweet day is done I just want to be with you In the setting sun Till the morning comes When the day is done
Okay, brilliant. So that was uh, Old Sweet Day by I. Um, I was just telling I off air, this song is a, is a very special song to me. It's for reasons why I'm uh, not not ready to say on a recording program yet, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so I think it's just an amazing song. I, I absolutely love it. Um, what can you tell us about writing it? Right, so All Sweet Day is the first song, um, at that time at least, the only song that I wrote in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I've been going back in Nashville for a while, recorded all my records in Nashville, and I remember I had a show that day, and there was, there was like, um, it was like, what? Is, Nashville has like a lot of um, hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff like that, so I think there's like a hurricane watch, right? And I was writing the song All Sweet Day, and it just came to me. And it just became my biggest song to date, man. It was like, it just it just blew up and, and everybody just responded to it. So it's a beautiful song about being away from home, being away from family and just and the people that you need in your life. You know what I mean? So I just want to be with you. You know what I mean? That's that's the, the essence of the song and, and something that so many people can relate to, right? Mm, yeah, definitely. You're based in Canada, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We're in so, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, yeah. So a long way away. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those, it feels like it captures lots of, very real like it's it's what what my favorite love songs are always ones where there's there's the love elements so strong in it but it's not it's not off sunshine and rainbows you know it's kind of has that kind of the dark element as well of the um, you know and that's what then makes the beautiful element of it so much stronger what i think you just capture so but beautifully in some of the lyrics in it Right, I never say the word love in it, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I, I try not to write love songs. I try mm. to write relationship building songs, right? It's very technical uh, <laughs> way of saying it. No, like, to me, relationships are very important. Um, I keep my relationships very tight and close, uh, the people that are, that, that are in my life. And that's, like, the biggest thing to me is just about finding those honest moments in relationship, you know what I mean? And those vulnerable moments, like the song is very vulnerable. If you listen to the lyrics, like you, you can, from the point of view of the singer, which is myself, uh, you get this sense of like this, not just longing, but like desperation and not, not you know what I mean? Desperation for this thing to work, for this mm -hmm. thing to be everything it, it feels like, it means to them, you know what I mean? Um, I need you, like it's, it's what it comes down to, right? I need you, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and like I say, capturing those real things, like the um, another thing I liked about it is that it's, yeah, I just want to be with you when the day is done, you know, like, cause that's such a real thing of relationship that, you know, you might both have different things going on. Right, right. And, and so you wrote it when you were away from home, as the, right, right. but that, that's the time, isn't it? Or like whatever people have got going on when the day is done, that's right. the person you want to come back to. Being on tour, same thing, you know what I mean? Like being on a tour bus. And you, you, your family is not often on the tour bus with you or on tour with you, you know what I mean? So um, th that was also the first time like I went to Nashville when I wrote that song. And I guess it was like the longest duration I was away from my family since having a family, like, you know, my wife and children. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I guess it came out of just like being in this, this Airbnb alone, having to make my dinners, eating uh, at the time, at least <laughs> eating... Um, was was the pizza Caesar's Caesar's Little Caesar's Pizza, right? This is right across the street. Worst pizza ever. No, it's it was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the worst pizza ever. Very greasy though. Um, I don't eat pizza anymore. But it was you know just being having to take care of myself in this space, and uh, your 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 family's at home, and you're just like every day you, you got to create your own routine, and I'm you know so. It, it definitely came out of that you know just like the day's done, and I I'm going to my bed alone. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, 
Were you were you touring a lot like before you had your family as well? Uh, I was traveling a lot. So before I met before I met my wife, I was traveling a lot across the world. I you know did some backpacking and stuff. But like my we lived in the UK for about a year, a half a year. Sorry. Yeah. So we were we were traveling touring. I I wouldn't call those tours because they were like more so mm. like. <laughs> just you know grinding it out trying to make it you know what i mean um playing the circuits and uh going to the open mics and going to the the festival slots and you know the showcases and whatnot so we we were hustling like a lot like shows constantly out there non-paying most of them you know what i mean um but me my wife and my daughter right at the time now i have four children but at the time it's just us three so you know the music thing and the and the performance part of it was always happening, but I think when I went to Nashville, that was the first time I said, okay, I gotta go on my own and and do some. I was doing like songwriting camps and workshops and stuff like that, and to become a better songwriter. I think at the time it was um, Tin Pan South. I think Tin Pan South was happening on as a conference, and they had like Nashville Songwriters Association International had a whole conference going on, and that I went to. I was a member at the time, so. Yeah, that was uh, that was where I was at at that time. But before that, yeah, we were traveling like crazy, like especially during our, our UK Europe stint, right? Yeah, so that would have been a big shock then if you were kind of used to traveling with with your wife uh, to then be away by yourself. Whereabouts? Whereabouts in England were you? <laughs> uh, we were, we stayed in the legendary Catford. I don't know if you know Catford. <laughs> Catford, oh, not well, no. <laughs> no, it's uh, I think it's in the south. Um, it, um, I forget the, the the overground train we took to get to the city, but we took the overground train to the city. It wasn't far, though. And we also stayed in Lewisham for a period, period of time. Oh, yeah. That's friends First place we stayed, um, I think I'm certified now, I've stayed in the ghettos of Walthamstow. Oh, Walthamstow, yeah. I've got a good friend who lives in Walthamstow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't, <laughs> it was good. We didn't stay there long, though. Uh, we had an Airbnb there, and we uh, decided that we should not be in this Airbnb anymore. Uh, it was a lovely house, but there was mice in the house, so we had to get out of there. <laughs> but uh, the house was lovely, but uh, we didn't know that it was a pretty dangerous area, if, if I'm correct. Walthamstow is dangerous, they say. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, might, I think about I think it used to be. I think it's got a lot better now, from what it's I know 2000, of it. <laughs> 2011-12. Okay. So I think a lot, of, a lot of it could change. Right? And I, it felt yeah. like there was change happening when we were there, but... It was a great touchdown. So the, the first time we came was me, my wife, my daughter, and my mom came on the first trip. So we made two trips, right? First one, we stayed for about a month, went back home, and then came back. And the first time we came, we got detained for about two hours, right? Because me being an idiot and being all, like, green-eyed, I was like, I told the, the Border Patrol people, I don't know what you call them, but, you know, Border Patrol people, that I want to move to England, Right. And they were like, you can't just move to England in a post 9-11 world. He was so like indignant <laughs> about it too. I was like, why can't I? You know, as long as I can take care of myself. And um, they detained us because of my my naivete. And <laughs> from there, um, they let us go. So we got we got in and we came back. And part of the reasons my wife is a, a UK citizen. So she has her passport. And once they found that out and they confirmed that by way of her mother and her grandmother and all kinds of stuff, she's a UK citizen. They were like, "Oh, we can't touch you anymore." So we had we had immunity. So we they, we got in. Right. <laughs> got there in the end. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So back to the song. Um, what was it like? Like, how quickly did it come to you? And did you have 
how did it start? Did it start with that kind of chorus line, or did you start with the tune, or? Doom, 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 the guitar part, right? Uh, because I'm a simple guitar. I always play simple guitar parts. Um, and I think it just was like, I got a lot to love. You got a lot to give. We can go anywhere we build. I think that was how it literally started. And the lyrics for the verses came to me really fast, right? And then I think the chorus was just, I just I, to be honest, I was rehearsing for that show I was talking about in, in, uh, at Grimey's in Nashville. And I was rehearsing a different song. And I hit the wrong chord, and I went, Bling. and I was like, Ooh, that sounds like a new song. And I just stopped rehearsing and then started writing the song. So it was really fast. But once I had the, the meat and bones of the song, they say meat and potatoes, I guess, of the song, um, it took time. Over, I, I let it sit for a little bit, and I didn't, like, I liked it when I came back, and I, I you know, my wife's going to be mad at me for saying this. And I played it for her, and she, she wasn't certain that it was my single, right? She's like, it's a good song. And then I made a change where this the second half of the song went where the where the, the tempo change. I put the tempo change on there and then I wrote another verse and then it was like, oh, this is a song, right? This is it, this is it. Right. So it just came together over some time, but it was and then we realized I don't even think when I started promoting my record for We Made It Through the Wreckage, I was promoting that song as the single. I thought the single was drought, right? Mm-hmm. Another song on the record. But the world chose that song. Like you, not you too, uh, Spotify chose that song. And Spotify said, this is your single. You know what I mean? Which is kind of cool with songwriting now. Like you, 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 there's a way for you to like test your music out before it's even out. You know, send it to your audience and they'll, they'll tell you what your single is. Right? Um, so that, that yeah, that, that was an interesting thing how, how that came to be. But I fleshed it out over time. And then even um, when I, the first time I recorded it, um, I made a couple changes in lyrics there and added another verse to the end of it. So so it wasn't that last verse of, I've walked a million miles. That wasn't in the original song. That wasn't in the original way I thought I was going to record it. And then um, I just wrote that in the studio when I was recording it the first time. So I recorded it twice. The first, the first version will never see the light of day. But that change was when the change, I think I was just gonna roll out with the chorus. No, I was gonna repeat the verse again, I think, if I'm correct, and then and roll out with the chorus, but then I wrote a whole new verse for it, um, which I think is is perfect for the song as well, right? Yeah, definitely, it works really well. Yeah, something I was gonna ask you about, I think the structure's brilliant. I, I love the, um, when that shift comes in and it just really kind of lifts it, doesn't it? It's kind of... This makes it, yeah, just, it, it's not a heavy song at all, but it's just mm. kind of like, it just kind of like opens it up and just you feel like you feel like you feel like you've arrived with that person you know what i mean yeah 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 that's a good way of putting it yeah i um i kind of grew up on a lot of irish music and it okay. kind of reminds me of some of that stuff where like the kind of would be a beautiful ballad but then they'll kind of kick into a bit more of like a jig or a reel type bit yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. get your foot stomping a bit more uh <laughs> that kind of feel to it yeah 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 it's a stunning song and um yeah it's great you're saying it's great that you can let your audience kind of yeah, a, a single can naturally because it can be hard yourself, isn't it? Knowing what song is gonna, what people are gonna respond to. I mean, yeah. Over my career, I've pretty much done my own A and R um, with with help here and there. But um, at you know, you don't you love all your songs. You 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 think all your songs are amazing. <laughs> so you think <laughs> like when I wrote Drought, I'm not. We'll talk about that. It's a different song. But I felt this electricity when I wrote it, and it's because of what it was doing for me as a songwriter. Right, like Drought was a song where I felt like I ch- I started to tell stories in a different way. 
So for mm-hmm. me, it was an accomplishment. You know what I mean? The audience, my audience still loves it, but it's like the difference between Old Sweet Day is it, it came to me so naturally. Mm-hmm. And it was a very honest, like every line in that song is honest. Like it's not, there's, no, there's nothing I'm pulling. Like drought is a story that I created. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, didn't go to, I didn't go to Cincinnati. I didn't go to uh, on my way to San Jose. I haven't been to San Jose. You know what I mean? I probably drove through it. But every line in, in, in um, Old Sweet Day is honest. And it's a very simple message. You know what I mean? Like I just like like you said, everybody, whether you're at work, whether you're on tour, whether you're on like a, a vacation, whether you're like whatever you're doing, I just want to be with you when the day is done, when the old sweet day is done, right? It's a timeless message, right? And, and the the audience elected that message. I can't I can't complain. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was my favorite song when I wrote it. It's just like you just go through the A and R process of like trying to think of what's gonna work in the market. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's all garbage. It's all BS. You know what I mean? What yeah, feels yeah. good is, is what matters most sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How is, um, so you mentioned two different uh, types of writing there, actually writing drought and being that kind of telling that story and creating that story and Old Sweet Day being like one that just came out kind of naturally. Are they, are they, are they kind of common ways that you write or do you have other ways that you write? Or like how? Yeah, I mean, like. The general I even... process like. You know, grab grab my guitar. It's always at that time, at least, it was everything was written on my guitar, mm. and I think like the difference between like Old Sweet Day was like it was a different kind of um, sorry, was a different kind of like nitpicking. Like you know what I mean? It was more of just like trying to boost the feeling of the song and elevate that part of it. You know what I mean? But Drought was more like pouring over every lyric. And that was like the first time I really did that like that, where I just poured over every lyric and make sure every line felt like a story. And I even kind of wrote backstory to it. And people don't know this and they'll never know, but like Drought was like, it's the, the idea <laughs> The idea of Drought was like, I might ruin this song for people if, they, if it's their favorite <laughs> song. But like, it's this guy who works in Silicon Valley, you know what I mean? And like, he, he, he's missing someone who lives on the other side of the world, a different country, right? So that's the, the idea behind it. Like, it's, it's San, I'm on my way to San Jose because he's gonna get a job in Silicon Valley, you know what I mean? And the, the person that they're leaving behind is their water, their, their life force, you know what I mean? So do you go for the big money in Silicon Valley or do you stay behind for love? And this person had to choose, the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And realizing on the road trip that as they go to the ocean, they're leaving their real water behind because you can't drink ocean water really you know what I mean? so anyhow that's the lame like technical storyboard behind that song and then you got to condense it into like something that is relatable like i can't sing a song about a guy going to silicon valley i can't say that you know what i mean so right but uh, but all three day that one it wasn't more about the lyrics because i had the lyrics i don't think i changed too many lyrics other than adding that extra verse you know what i mean um, you know, I, I don't have the lyrics. I, if I had, like, if I was on my other computer, I could pull up, like, all the different... Because I used to have versions of lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on my other computer. Um, but, yeah, that was just natural, organic. It was just kind of like, okay, j- the, getting that structure down and deciding the tempo of, of the change that I wanted to do, you know? And it's funny, like, it feels like it gets faster, right? But it's actually going slower, right? Like the first one's like ding 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 and then 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 it goes and then it goes ding 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 and you're just going on it's a so slower beat right 
it's almost like halftime, but it's not like. Mm. And, but I didn't know that when I wrote it. I thought I was pl- I'm playing my guitar faster, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like it's faster. It's gotta be faster. And then when we, when we mapped out the drums and stuff, it's like oh, it's a different. It's a slower time. <laughs> right? I'm mean, I'm I'm not the greatest musician in the world. <laughs> so at the time, I had no clue. It was like I'm just like I'm strumming faster. Like, uh, what is it? To- it's it- so yeah, it worked out really well. And it's like I usually just start with like depending on. Like, I like to sit just sit in my room with my guitar and just play something and sing something, but it's always great when songs, like, just come to you out of the blue. You know what I mean? Because, like, it, it, it it's not guaranteed, but sometimes those can be the most organic songs. You know what I mean? Now I, I try different methods. I'll dream songs sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I'll hear melodies in my dream and wake up. I have, like, thousands of videos of me just, like, in the bathroom just mumbling <laughs> so I don't wake up the children and the family um after waking you know what i mean so like or just you know sometimes you can you can be very intentional about the song you know what i mean like on this i have a new record coming out um hopefully this year and like you know you you have an idea like i want to write a song like this or now i'm more intentional about i want my voice to do this you know what i mean i want to sound like this on this song um whereas my first record i'll say it was more like I won't say spontaneous, but you just—it's more feeling based. You know what I mean? And 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 when you get that methodical part, working to enhance the feeling part, I think you create something special. You know what I mean? Uh, I think real songwriters are—they understand the methodical part, but they don't let the methodical part get away in the way of the feeling, because it's all about music. Is all about feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you don't feel anything, I don't care how smart the song is. Personally, um, you got to feel something, right? Yeah, I remember hearing someone describe that as, you know, um, the two elements of it being inspiration and craftsmanship. Right. You know, so you know, you know your, your chord structures or your melodic things that might work and ways of putting the rhyme together, but you need the inspiration to to feed into that and then you need to get that balance right um, to get something right. good. I, I would say, like, if you're going to have a career in music, you got to have a certain level of craftsmanship. But in this, like nowadays, and I don't, maybe not even nowadays, but I think more now than ever, um, you don't even have to have craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. There's so many artists that will have millions of streams and views on, on YouTube of songs that just were, were jokes. You know what I mean? The, the, and they, they, they inevitably become one hit wonders, right? Or just one song wonders. And then they try to replicate what they did in the past, right? Um, but the craftsmanship comes in when the craftsmanship comes is like I can replicate that because I know how to take the inspiration and and use those tools right so I think you know a lot of people want to get into the music industry and they just have these inspiration and they get lucky you know what I mean I'm not mm. not disrespecting anybody but you'll see a lot of artists nowadays who will come you have the big song and then they, their careers are over you know what I mean unless the song is so huge right I don't want to disrespect anybody but like a great example of that is Old Town Road right. Um, we'll see what his career does. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything negative about his career, but it's hard to replicate an old town road because it feels like a joke, right? And it's hard to make that joke again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So he has a lot of money behind him, so he'll always have great writers coming to him and trying to pitch him songs. So he might sustain his career, but I don't know if he has craftsmanship. I don't know. So I'm not. I'm not hating, uh, hating on his craftsmanship. It's just more so like. A lot of artists will cut, like his melody is melody. If it's catchy, it's catchy. Like my children could sing a catchy melody and write a catchy song if they, you know what I mean? If they're lucky, yeah. they just go on YouTube or 
TikTok or, or Instagram, whatever, reels and just sing some catchy melody, it can go viral and that's a hit song, right? Um, and that's fair because music is supposed to do that. It's for the people, right? But craftsmanship is where I can replicate that experience. You know what I mean? And then you have people like Taylor Swift, you have people like Ed Sheeran, you have people like uh, Micah Kuanuka who can replicate those emotions mm. over and over again because they understand the craft of what they're doing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and that kind of, you know, the kind of stuff you were saying of like, you know, directing what you want to do. Right. Okay, so like, I want to write a song now that's going to do this, so I'm going to try and write a song in this kind of style. That's where then you kind of learn those tools, don't you? And this is how you, right, right. you do that kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Um, what's something else I was just going to ask you about, yeah, about your songwriting style. Um, do you have any kind of like, not rules as such, but like, Principles, I guess. To, one of the things that I really like with your stuff is that it's, and Old Sweet Day is a good example of it, where it's the songs have got really positive me messages, but not in a cheesy way. Again, it's that thing where it's that like it's positive and uplifting, but also feels real and it feels relatable. Right, right. Um, I, I, I do. I have more rules than I should have, probably. Uh, <laughs> in the sense that, like, if I don't feel like I can be in the driver's seat of a song, I probably won't sing it. So you're not going to hear me sing a song about breaking up because i'm in a i'm in a happy relationship so mm. that's not gonna happen <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> if, if it does ever happen god forbid uh then i'll write that song maybe you know what i mean but i'm not gonna write that song now or i'm not gonna write a song about like driving bentleys and expensive cars because even if i had the money to buy those stuff it's not my mentality right mm. um, so that's one thing i don't do it, it it has to be honest for me it has to feel like i've been through this um, I write music for myself first, and I write music that I feel is going to um, is going to inspire me first and foremost. And I feel like if it inspires me first and foremost, then it will inspire others. You know what I mean? So, if I don't feel honest about it, it won't. I won't do it. I don't use the word love in any of my songs, right? Was that, um, was that kind of a, something the decision you made a yeah, while ago? You're going to do it. Very intentional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even to the point, like I was in the studio recently, and I probably could say this, I was in the studio re recently in August working on a song with this artist named Lauren Daigle, and the producer said, hey, do you want to try it, do a version with you singing this verse, this line? <laughs> like, ah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can sing the word love, right? <laughs> I just, it's this mandate, I think, I'm not going to sing love ever in my career. And it was, it was, it was a funny joke in the, in the studio where he's like, do you want me to just change the whole song for you then? <laughs> But uh, it's the reason why there's there's a long convoluted reason which I won't really go into because it's 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 too long, um, but essentially I I think it's been done before you know what I mean, <laughs> so I, it's a very universal feeling, but I like the challenge of finding ways to express that feeling without saying that word. I think it's it, it's more authentic when you can you can know that it's a love song, because. I can write a love song about anything, really. I can write a love song about my car. I can write a love song about my favorite basketball team. I can write a love song about anything, right? But when you can convey that emotion, um, because, you know, you only have to say I love you, you know, for affirmation of the feeling you already have. You know what I mean? We don't say I love you because it makes us love each other more. You know what I mean? We say it because it gives us affirmation about something, right? So I'm trying to find those affirming moments that make you feel that way as opposed to just saying it. You know what I mean? And there's nothing yeah. wrong with artists who say it because some of us need that affirmation. You know what I mean? Some of us need to hear that. Um, but for me, it's like, when I say I just want to be with you when the old sweet day is done, 
to me, that's bigger than love. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's 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 so important. Like it's like, it's so beyond love that I I don't. I didn't, people say, well, there's nothing bigger than love. Love is the biggest thing. But like it's almost like life a life force in a way. So it's like I need this more than I need love. You know? So I don't know. That's a long answer, but um, I try to stay away from that word as much as I can. Um, if I'm doing a cover song and it's in there, then I'll probably say it. I try to avoid that even to be honest. Um, what what else rules that I have? Um, as I grow, I'm learning more like how to, like I say, use my voice and, and write songs that um, my voice sits in. So uh, I, I don't like to sing songs that are too like, um, too poppy, I guess. I, mean, I try not to write, like, it's funny, like if I wrote a pop song, it's never, it's not gonna sound like a pop song because yeah. of my voice and my stylings. So I write, I like to have songs that, are, that have commercial appeal, but, I don't ever anymore. When I first started writing, I would write anything, but now I don't go for chart-topping songs. Or you know what I mean? Like if I played you some of my old songs, that would never see the light of day. There, it's me trying to chase top forty radio. There's some of them like that. You know what I mean? And that was I went through a period of time where I was just like, I'm gonna write anything possible. It doesn't care what genre it is. Whatever I just feel comes out, I'm gonna write it. Um, but now I'm more intentional, intentional about how my songs are written where I want to see the, the song end up when it's produced. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so, so I'm, more, I'm more intentional is, 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 uh, is, 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 is a, it's not a rule, I guess, but it's something I go into a song with. You mm. know what I mean? And then if something just comes to me when I'm sleeping or when I'm dreaming, sometimes I have lyrics that come to me um, that are just nonsense lyrics. Some of them are like, <laughs> like, I can't think of any of the top of my head. Some of them are so dumb that like, I would like, I could sing this, and it might not be a stupid song, but it's not me. Like, I'm not going to sing a song about, like, like I don't know. I, I don't know why Bentleys are in my head right now, but, like, driving in my Bentley. If the melody's cool, I'll just change the lyrics up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that can be challenging sometimes because maybe the song came to you and that those those words fit perfectly, but they don't make sense to me as an artist. So I got to change, change those up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, Bentleys. I don't. I must have saw something this morning with Bentleys in it. <laughs> subliminal, <laughs> subliminal advertising. <laughs> so is that like then? I guess when you're on stage, it's having that that honesty and that authenticity of what you're saying. So like, if you had, if you wrote a song where like one of the verses was just just like nonsense words, that didn't really are like you know didn't have that meaning to you, but was the uh, you know fit the, was a nice melody or whatever. Um, is that like would you just feel you just wouldn't feel right singing? Singing something like that because sometimes you get songs like that where, you yeah. know, where you're like it might mean something really meaningful to the artist, but I've no idea what they're talking about. So some some songs you get away with a bit of gibberish, don't you? But I guess you wouldn't would you not feel right knowing it yourself if it didn't have that meaning to you? You know, yeah, like for me, I got in, the reason why I got into music is that like I want to uplift people. Like you know, if you look over there. Bob Marley, that's Bob Marley. You know what I mean? That's the reason why I sing, like, hands down, because when I was, like, really buying a lot of CDs and stuff like that, when I got into my, like, formative years of, like, music discovery, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, you become your own person, and, like, I'm going to get this. Bob Marley, I had, like, everything, like, Led Zeppelin, The Doors, all every Jimi Hendrix CD, a bunch of hip-hop CDs, like, everything, right? And then one day I just gave away all my CDs. I sold them. I don't remember if I gave them or I sold them. And the only thing I kept was Bob Marley. Because that was the only thing that made me feel like it was honest and it was uplifting me and it was carrying me through those times I was in. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I made it, and, and what I love about Bob Marley is how simple it is. You know what I mean? It's, his lyrics are not profoundly deep. I mean, they are deep because of the, the execution of them, and they're deep because you know he means it, right? But they're not deep because of what, because uh, of the poetry of it, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's part of a, a rule to me, yeah. So in, in, in Back to the Rules is like, I want my music to be as simple as it can be without sounding cheesy, right? Um, and gibber, I, I don't like gibberish lyrics. Like I, you know, <laughs> you know, and one of the, probably one of the reasons why I gave away like, a record that that stands out to me, I think it's called The Prayer, or The American Prayer, I think it's called, by Jim Morrison. It's a, a record of poetry, and I really got into, like, without having to do drugs, or, you know, like, got into a lot of that psychedelic lyrics. And there's a point where it's like, what are these guys even talking about? Yeah, like, it's yeah. cool, but what are they saying? It doesn't mean anything to me. This Like, that's why I got rid of them, because, like, none of this stuff means anything to me. It's cool, it's poetic, it's artsy, it, it allows you to go into different realms of understanding but I'm not understanding anything here. So for me, it's important to make sure that what I'm saying gets from point A, which is point me, to point B, which is you, right? The artist, or the, the audience, sorry. So if I put all this stuff in the middle, like an artist that I like to listen to is Bon Iver, right? Um, uh, and I don't understand anything that he's talking about, right? But I also understand that Bon Iver, there's a soundscape there and there's artistic like creation there where like he's he's it's not just about what he's saying it's about the way he's using those sounds the way he's using harmonies and stuff like that so i can listen to that and appreciate that for what it is right um, but i'm not looking to bonavere to save my life or to get me through a difficult day i look at i listen to that in the background when i'm driving because i just love how it feels but um i want to save people's lives you know what i mean as self-righteous as that may sound i want to uplift people i want to give people that those moments where you know they feel like hey i have a song i want to share to you because i feel this with you you know what i mean um so th that's important to me and, and those come in the most simplest ways so i don't i don't try to get in the way you know what i mean um and the songs that i think are the most complex for me they're not that complex at all right yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I think there's, I feel like with certain bits. I think when I was when I was first like learning more about music, I had sort of phases where I'd be like, "Wow, I'm going to learn some some really technical guitar parts now. I'm going to start studying. This is really intelligent music. I'm going to listen to this." And again, like, it's and I get I, I get why these certain people who like that's what they love. They love you know trying to move it forward in a intelligent way. But I'm I'm still the same as you with music. Me, it was always about the connection with people and the, and with the artist and whatever that person was expressing and. I really like what you said about the making them as simple as it can be, and that's a really good way of putting it. Right. And it's trying to boil down whatever the, and again, it's something else. I remember hearing, um, you know, some kind of teacher or intellectual talking about, you know, like the their job or scientist or something like that. You know, when there's something really complicated, right. a big part that if they can't explain it to someone who doesn't know as much as they do about it, then it's kind of almost useless in a way, isn't it? If you can't if the information isn't communicated, you can't communicate in a proper way. That's what most wars are built off of. The inability to communicate things. In yeah. <laughs> That's why we're, we war on Twitter, we war in the real world. Because yeah. we, can't, we can't express ourselves in very simple ways. And things get com complicated, people get in the way. So, yeah, the, the, the goal is to end war. And the, <laughs> the end wars is to say things in the simplest way possible. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's my yeah. goal. I want to. I want to end wars in the world by writing simple songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good goal. It's a good goal. I like it. <laughs> um,
brilliant. Uh, let's move into section two now, shall we? Uh, we've just had lots of uh, great songwriting talk, but um, that's why I always ask my guests for a, a songwriting tip. Uh, so what would your tip be for us, I? I would say just write as much as possible. You know what I mean? Write as honestly as possible. Find your voice. But when I started, I just wrote everything. Like I didn't, I didn't pigeonhole myself to a genre. And then certain songs stood out more than other songs that felt like, ooh, this, this is a, a path I can go down. But just write as much as you can. If you could write every day, do that. If you could write once a week only, do that. Um, but just write as much as you can. And, you know, I, I did a challenge for myself. Uh, I wrote one song a week. I know it doesn't sound like a lot. But complete a full song a week and say I'm happy with the song. You know what I mean? Because at the time I wasn't writing every day. I was just noodling, mm. doing things. But just try to write one song a week. Um, it sounds like not a lot, but for most people it's a lot. If you can write a good song a week that you're happy with, boom, go the next week write one that you're happy with. Not just any anything, right? Um, and it doesn't matter what genre it is. Doesn't matter what style it is. Because if you're just starting out or if you're just trying to find your voice. Write everything, and you you might be surprised where it takes you and what what you what sounds better. Um, but that's that's the biggest thing I did at the beginning. Just write everything you can and be as honest with yourself about what you're creating um, and what you're doing as possible, so that you can continue to grow. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. Um, yeah, I really like that. It's you know, yeah, not trying to not pigeonhole yourself. Did, was that something that we did? You have any difficulty with that at the start? Or was it, did it come naturally to you? I know that's something more I feel a lot of people, and I certainly did when I started, I was like, I'm going to be me, but I also want to be ZZ Top. Yeah. <laughs> and like, right, right. <laughs> you know, that kind of, as you grow, then trying to get that self-awareness of like, actually, am I am I writing this because this is what I feel? Or is this because I want it to sound a bit like this other band that I oh, like? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've yeah. been there. Like, so, this, uh, so the new record that I'm, I'm going to be coming out with is... Um, I think it's the first time I really found myself in a complete way. You know what I mean? Like my first record, like Old Sweet Day, I love acoustic music. I love folk music. I love, you know, like just simple music. So that one just popped up and it was like, just like if you, if, if I, you know, I remember the producer saying when I finished recording it, I did that whole vocal in one take. He played it and he's like, that's one take because it was a natural song. But there might be some other songs on that record where I'm like, eh, that's not really who I am. You know what I mean? My second record, there's certain songs that pop to me and stand out like, ooh, that's that's close to who I am. And you kind of like, I think every record was a process in this self-discovery with mistakes made along the way, different types of mistakes. So this new record, um, I feel like I, I've arrived as someone who understands themselves. Because I was saying earlier, like, I had to self-A&R. You know what I mean? And it sounds easy, but you're you're there's so many elements to the industry so you got to write a song that sounds good you got to write a song that fits in your register your voice um you got to write a song that's somehow commercially appealing you know what i mean if, you, if you're going for a wider audience and even your most popular folk artist or popular um niche artist is writing commercial stuff if they have more than 100 fans it's probably commercial right um so you got to write stuff that appeals to people, but then you got to find who you are. And then, you know, I went through Kings of Leon phase of trying to, do I fit in this register? Mumford and Sons phase, had some songs, went through, who else was there? Like, um, I never went through a really, a soul phase. Like, I didn't really write soul songs. J Jason Isbell's a song, Jason Isbell's an artist that I write. I studied like, all his songs and really broke down his lyric writing. And that was important to me to learn how to write lyrics better. Um, 
yeah, you go through these phases of trying to figure out who you sound like, you know, Aloe Black phase, you know what I mean? Try to write a Wake Me Up song. Uh, yeah, you, I have so many songs that are just like copy, copycats of other songs, but different, you know what I mean? Um, ben Howard phase. Um, who else inspired me? Uh, Vance, Vance Joy. The Luminaires. Oh my gosh. Luminaires. <laughs> like, yeah, my, my wife's over there uh, saying names to me. Luminaires. So, um, finding a space where, like, I, I became a folk artist, Americana artist, because that's the community that embraced me and allowed me to be who I am. You know what I mean? First and foremost. Um, whereas other communities didn't embrace me as I was, you know what I mean? As I was trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. But the folk music said, this, just be yourself, do who you are. And, you know, they didn't say that verbally, but like by just letting me do it. Um, and then I think I went headstrong into the folk Americana scene and left things behind that I should have brought with me. You know what I mean? Because my first album is very different than my second album in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on in the first album, but there's certain songs in there where it's like, okay, my second album was like trying to steep myself in the singer-songwriter Americana space. And this third album is like, it's kind of like taking the best of everything I, I did on those ones and kind of almost going back to the beginning of, of that first record and like, you know, there's a bit of Old Sweet Day on there. There's a bit of, I don't know if you know the, the songs on that first record, but like yeah. um, um, Escape is, you know, a bit of Escape on there. You know what I mean? Like Escape is a great song, I think personally, that that I could have probably performed better or that didn't live up to what I thought the, the expectations were for it. Um, but you have another go at it. And this record has some songs that are like, kind of feel like that in the ballad kind of sense. Um, so yeah, self-discovery is, is extremely hard and it is the downfall of probably most musicians' careers. You know what I mean? Because you don't have every all the time in the world to, to, to convince your audience of who you are. Mm-hmm. Some people get it sooner, some people fake it and they become a, a character and that's what gets big and then they have um, identity issues later. You know what I mean? Some people have help at... at, at, at growing that character and building that character into something. Um, some people are just doing it because it's fun and this is who they are, they're having fun and then that becomes something that grows with them, you know what I mean? Or they're having fun and that becomes something they become embarrassed about later in their life, you know what I mean? Um, it, 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 it is natural for some people, it is manufactured for some people, but a lot of people um, have failed careers, I hate to say it, because of not being able to identify who they were. The most important thing for me was finding my voice and I did that before any of my records. You know what I mean? And, and as I went along, I kept trying to find my voice. When I say voice, I mean my storytelling and my actual literal voice. Mm. Right? Finding my voice. And that has always been my anchor, which is why this next record is like the best thing I've ever created. Because I, I found that the voice being my anchor became the centerpiece of this record. You know what I mean? Which is why a song like Old Sweet Day is so such a big song because the voice was the centerpiece of that song and the storytelling was the centerpiece of that song. There's a lot going on in terms of guitars and stuff, but none of it really gets in the way of the voice and the, and the, um, the storytelling. So this, rec- this, this new record is like, I've, I, won't, I don't want to say I've mastered that because I don't know if I have, you know what I mean? But I found that and I'm, I'm very comfortable in that point. The voice and the storytelling are the centerpiece and everything else is there just to complement that. So that's, that's, it's hard because that's life. Like we're all trying to figure out who we are in life. It's, you know what I mean? So to ask an artist to figure that out in a yeah. amount of years just to have a career, 
that's that's hard. You know what I mean? Like then we should all be like entering Nirvana or something. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's not easy, right? So yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it is like in in normal life, that's a long a long term project, and then to do to be doing that in normal life whilst expressing it and doing it through an art form is uh, it's hard. Yeah, hard balancing act. Um, yeah, I'm really forward to hearing the new album uh, when it comes out. I just wanted to ask you quickly before we move on. Um, you talk about finding your voice, so like, yeah, yeah, obviously you have got a very distinctive and powerful voice. Is there anything you can say about the about what the that process of finding your voice was like and how you went about doing that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. I, you know, starting out, I wasn't really uh, a singer at all. I wasn't a good singer. Um, grew up. Probably was going to get into education and stuff like that. But you know, there's a point when I used to I used to be a rapper and and I started a band. I tried to do this fast. I started a band and I was doing like rapping poetry, and some singing. You know what I mean? Uh, but my voice was like horrible. My guitar player at the time, a friend of mine named Chris, he was like, "Man, you have a cool voice, but you gotta listen to the music around you and use your voice like an instrument. All our instruments gotta be in tune and gotta be connected with everything. So you gotta do the same thing." And that's the first time anybody ever said that to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So from that, I started thinking differently. Like, it was just like, okay. It's like, if you don't know better, you're not going to do better. <laughs> Millions of people go on uh, The Voice, or not The Voice, but more so, uh, Got Talent. What's the one called? No, um, America's Got Talent. Talent. Britain's America's Got Talent. Talent. Yeah, uh, Canada's Got, whatever it is. With, without knowing that, you know what I mean? And they just go and sing and they think, they get so shocked when someone says, you suck. Right, because you're not listening to yourself. So that was the first time as a singer he said, listen to yourself. Right. So that changed everything for me, right? Instantly, right? And there's I would say like there were three three different parts. So that was like the catalyst. There was one day uh I was I was dealing with some girlfriend woes and I remember sitting in my basement in the dark. It, it was the sunset was coming down, was, the room was getting dark, and I would literally I was just literally going a I O U. It's it's so emo. It's so weird. And emo. <laughs> I was doing that, and I was listening to my voice and trying to hear like where my voice feels good, where it didn't feel good, and just trying to find out how the vocal cord is moving. Right, technical stuff. But I didn't know I was doing technical stuff. I was just being a, a weirdo at the time. Right, and uh, fast forward to you know when I started recording before I recorded my first record. Um, I went and did a song, uh, a a version of Old Sweet Day that didn't go too well. And I had a very interesting experience in the studio. And I said to my wife when I came back home, I never want to feel that way, the way I felt in the studio. So I'm going to figure out how to get this voice thing going on so no one ever makes me feel that way again. Because I knew I was right and someone made me feel wrong, but I wasn't confident about how right I was. So I was allowed to be brought down, right? If that makes sense, right? Mm, Yeah. So every day when I came back home, there's a bass player named Victor Wooten, who I was—I don't know why I watched his videos, but I—I—he's I, I, an amazing bass player, and I was like, just studying music at the time, and I watched his videos, and he was talking about doing the chromatic scale. You know what I mean? This is technical, but I—I I can show you real quickly. It's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, 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 it's not even—it's not even that deep. Chromatic scale is just pretty much every single note, right? So. You just go through the whole the whole thing without any like it's not a scale in the sense of like do re mi fa sol la ti or what you know, the other scales. Um, so chromatic scales just every single note. So he's like, what? It's like who learns the alphabet by just jumping into words? 
Right? Mm-hmm. Who learns how to talk by just, you got to learn the alphabet and learn how to read by learning the letters, every single letter. So the first job is to learn every single letter. And then he was playing this this thing where he's doing every single note in a, and it sounded in key. You would think like if you hit certain notes, it's going to sound out of key, but he was just doing it. I was like, whoa. So from that, I, I, I transposed that idea to my voice. And I said, every day I'm going to just sing the chromatic scale every single day, going back to that thing I did, A-E-I-O-U. So doing chromatic scale with A-E-I-O-U on one one key. Next key, A-E-I-O-U, just to hear my voice. And I had a little, like, uh, I had a tuner, not much different than this. And I would sing it until my voice hit the tuning part, right? So that was the next stage of finding my voice. Um, and they all kind of connect. And then I went on tour recently in 2018, 2019 with an artist named Lauren Daigle, who I mentioned earlier. And uh, I was playing like arenas and stadiums and, and big halls. I played like Radio City Music Hall, uh, Red Rocks Theater, um, the Greek Theater, the Anthem in DC. These are like beautiful venues. And I think it was, I don't even know what venue is that, but I was doing sound checks singing a song. And hearing my voice in those spaces made me realize that the how big my voice can be. And when I say big, I don't mean like anthem music or stadium music. I just mean like how much space my voice can fill up, right? So going back to, um, you know, the AEIOU thing and figuring out where my voice sits and whatnot, I said, okay, so now I got to write songs that cater to my style of voice, right? Um, not to say anything against the folk stuff or the Americana stuff, but Americana can be small, very small sometimes, right? And it can also be very small, but very full. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guitars, a lot of stuff going on. So it's just this new record is just about, okay, this is your voice front and center. That's the, all throughout your career, your voice and storytelling has been the most important thing, right? So put that front and center and everything else put around that so it, it, it so then writing songs with like I said with that intention like how can I make my voice feel big here well if you want to make it feel big don't necessarily just scream here make this feel smaller mm-hmm. so you know, sing this part quieter you know what I mean as opposed to um, just going full force the whole song you know what I mean like so make this quieter and sing and try to find your lower register there and sing a little deeper, sing a little quieter. And then when you pop in the chorus, it's gonna sound like crazy bigger with your voice because you you didn't hit them with it with it all. When I first started, like every there's an artist, and I gotta give her a shout out from the UK, Cal Laval. Um, she used to open mic at um, I think End of the World or something like that. I can't remember where the venue was. And uh, she said to me one time when I was I was doing a cover of Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, and at the end she's like, man. Well, she, she said, man, that cover you do is so beautiful. But do you notice when you sing it, you have these beautiful dynamics where you come lower on the guitar and lower on your voice, and then you have these big chorus moments. It's like all your other songs should feel like that. You know what I mean? And I don't remember how I took it at the time. I, I obviously remembered it. Um, but it took me almost... Uh, <laughs> let's, let's do it time. So that was 2012... Uh, to 2020, 2019, 2020, that's like, you know what I mean? Seven, eight years, right? Um, probably eight years. So to, to really understand what she meant by that. Some artists get it. I didn't grow up in the music industry. I didn't grow up learning music. I had to teach myself music, you know what I mean? Um, so some artists get that right away, you know what I mean? If they start early enough, I didn't get that right away, and I had to learn that 
over time and just understand the power of my voice. So that was the biggest thing for me. Um, long answer, but that that's like, if, if anybody wants to know how my voice was developed, because I was a horrible singer growing up, had no sense of tuning. I would have got booed off of the Britain's Got Talent stage um, when I started. I actually applied for Britain's Got Talent, didn't get in. <laughs> I, have, I have pictures of that somewhere uh, when I was in, the, in 2012. Uh, I can't remember the venue we were at, but it was like the something stadium, O2 Arena or something. I don't know where, where we were at. It wasn't the O2 Arena, but it was something like that. Um, so yeah, so I was one of those guys who would have got booed off. Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent. I applied for Canadian's Got Talent. And for a second, the guy was impressed. And then he just, I did something weird in my voice and he didn't like it, right? So <laughs> I understand what that's like. And I understand what it means to like take your voice and make it stronger. You know what I mean? It's important to find your voice. And I always had knew where my voice was and who I was, which is why I wasn't a good singer. But once you find it, you know what I mean? You got to refine it and tune it and make it sound professional. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what you're, you'll, you'll see over the course of my career where you'll see my voice get better and better. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that you, that you found it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, brilliant. So let's move into the uh, next section now, show. This is where I ask my guests to share as a song meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And uh, what we do here is put the link in the description to the podcast. So if you're watching or listening to this, you don't know the song, you want to pause or see it, you can go and check it out uh, and come back. We're going to have a chat about it. Uh, so what song have you chose for us? I chose Sing to the Moon by Laura Mvula. Uh, she's a UK artist and one of the one of the artists that were blowing up when I was in the UK. Um, and she, her album is just beautiful. And that song is that that song just hits me and just gets me in a little in a space, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song. I hadn't heard it until uh, until you know you sent me it, and uh, yeah, it's a powerful, powerful song. Oh, it's great. Yeah, just lyrically, it's beautiful. The the the, it's like it's it's it definitely is my favorite song on that record. I, the record I can't even remember what the record's called. Um, I think the record's also called. I think it's called Sing to the Moon, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Right, that's why I can remember. She was like. She has such a beautiful story, and uh, she's another artist who's like her career path has changed over the years. But that first album, "Sing to the Moons," it's just it was it was definitive at the time. It's just like to see a black girl um, just be herself unapologetically bald head. You know what I mean? Like no apologies, right? And just the videos were so so beautiful. Um, great album. So that song, uh, yeah, "Sing to the Moon and the Stars Will Shine." It's just it's just poetry, man. And that is like one of those things where the meaning can mean different things to different people but the message is so simple you know what i mean the like sing to the moon and the stars will shine that's poetry but it's not it's, it's not it's not cryptic or convoluted you know what i mean it's just it's just honest in a way in a weird, weird way right yeah and it's got the it's got a really beautiful thing about it's feels like again it's just, you know it describes a, a dark time isn't it something Something essentially bad happening to the person, and but then it gives you some kind of advice, isn't it? In a way, that's what the that's what right. the the feeling I got from it was, you know, like it's setting up this um, when things are, you know, like that's the feeling I got from anyway. Is that you know this dark time, but then it's sing to the moon and the stars will shine. So it's kind of giving that. It's it's like, you know, if you want to go really really deep with it, like I don't know how deep you want to go, but like <laughs> there's a lot of like um, slave imagery in that album you know what i mean it's the way she dresses the colors um of that time during slavery 
And if you think about it, like like this is this is heavy, but I, I might as well go there. You know, like how many people lost people during that time? You know what I mean? And and the only thing those people had was the song sometimes. So when she's saying sing to the moon and the, the stars will shine, there's a literal part of that. If you're like going through the Underground Railroad or if someone's like trying to escape, and you, you may never see that person again alive. And even if they do survive, you may never see them again. You know what I mean? So to connect to the bereavement of losing somebody, that was a regular occurrence during that time. You know what I mean? I pulled up the lyrics here. You know, like there's a, there's a couple of lyrics she says in here. Um... Hey, you there, shattered in a thousand pieces, weeping in the darkest nights. You know what I mean? Hey, there, you, trying to stand up on your own two feet and stumbling through the sky. Like, she could be talking about Harriet Tubman, for all we know. And how many people did, did she have to leave behind and, 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 and mourn the loss of, right? It's a, it's a, so that's a deep, like, look into I don't know if that's what she meant, you know what I mean? But, I, you know... I think of a time where you had no control over who you lost and who was taken away from you. And to be able to sing during those times and be able to find some kind of solace and hope, it doesn't get much heavier than that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think in, in, in our time, you know, today, it's, we're, we're living in totally different circumstances, but it's not, you never say, get over your, get over it. You know what I mean? That's not a good thing to, to think of. I always say to people, I've always said this my whole life, um, Cry it all out. You know what I mean? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't cry it all out. Let it all out and go and go through that those feelings. And then once you've got it all out, get up and let's go. You know what I mean? Um, not get over it. Not forget about it. You know what I mean? Remember it. But forgive yourself. Forgive, forgive the situation and keep it moving. So a song like that is like, it's not only like about the lowest points you could think of that I can think of as a black man in, in, in Canada, America, but it's there's a hope, you know what I mean? Sing to the moon and the stars will shine. Over you, lead you to the other side. And that that line, the other side, can mean tra a transition, you know what I mean? Um, to the to the to the the afterlife, however you want to look at it, right? Sing to the moon and the star. Yeah. So um, heaven's gonna turn the time, right? I think that might be tied. Is it time? Yeah. That I, I'm reading genius with the wrong lyrics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyhow, yeah. So it's a uh, you know, I don't want to take the meaning away from anybody of that song because it, it it may not. She's never told me that that's what it means, mm. but I, that's how I interpret it. You know what I mean? And uh, the loss in that time period was insurmountable. You know what I mean? There's, there's almost very few things like that. That kind of loss, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful song. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the album. Uh, like I said, I've only heard that one track so far, but it's going to be on my on my playlist tomorrow. <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's a great album, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, well, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it and I've uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad we got, this, got to do this, right? Yeah, and uh, you just released uh, Unarchived? Unarchived, yeah. I haven't even talked about it. Yeah, Unarchived. <laughs> so Unarchived, in a, in, a, in a nutshell, is like me going back to some of these songs and reimagining them and kind of just say, like, it's, it's, it's kind of cathartic in the way of like, I got to pair that. So the idea of letting my voice shine, mm. that's the point of this record, to say, hear these songs and hear my voice and my story. All the other stuff, let's get that out of the way. We have those out there. Those are great. But let's just tone everything down and listen to my voice. And there's some other songs that I, I had on my, in my archives that I haven't released. I don't, I, you know, they didn't make some of my records, but they were just sitting there. And I'm like, why haven't I released these yet? Let's get them out. 
so that those are out there um and it's it's a uh, i'm glad i'm so, i'm glad i did it it's like it's kind of like the end of a chapter for me and and to usher in a new a new chapter in my career so uh, yeah that's that's out it came out friday and uh yeah really 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 happy with that one great getting a great response too brilliant yes people can check that out and you've got a, a single duet coming out like this week is it yeah, Friday uh, with Lauren, Lauren Daigle, we got a duet um, called uh, Hold On To Me, which we first sang at on, when I was on tour with her, and it was spontaneous. It was just happened in, on the cuff. Uh, they were doing sound checks. Someone invited me on stage, and I just started singing, and it just sounded great with every, it sounded great with her voice, with the band. And uh, they're finally re releasing the duet we did. So she has a, a version, which is her, on it, and then she has the duet version, which is coming out on Friday, which is... Uh, Man, I heard it already. I mean, I sang on it, so I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful song, man. It's, it's very powerful, very powerful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, good stuff. Anything else you want to mention? Are you still doing, you've been doing some live streams, haven't you? Some, uh... Yeah, so uh, depending on what, what, what Thursday it is, we, we'll be on either Facebook or Instagram. Um, it's it's kind of random, so I don't, really, I don't really tell people the time, and it's not something I'm like going out there saying, everybody got to show. It's just kind of like, hey, guys, I'm on. Come hang out. Sing some songs with you talk to you so uh, that's just something i'm doing because we're on lockdown it's called unlocked so uh it's, it's just something i felt like i needed to share music with people i needed to connect to the audience and from doing it, i'm learning that the audience needed to connect with me and connect with the music so uh sometimes you can get kind of stuck in your in your own world when we're in isolation and lockdown and quarantine uh, but it's important as artists as creatives that we keep creating and keep sharing uh, because you don't know who your music is touching, you don't know whose life it's saving, and it might be saving your own life, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful message to end on. I, um, so yeah, oh, yeah, really appreciate your time, and um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I highly recommend everyone listening to check out uh, Eyes Music because, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a big joy for me over the last couple of months. I look forward to, to listening to more of it. All right, thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's great to speak to you, and uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.